0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: The Ty Butler Show. Satan feel badly for him. What he does, not, you know, in the backfield and receiving attack. The kind of piece he is in the locker room. The fan base adores him. So this is the type of guy who is deserving of a massive payday. Joe Shane and Brian Dable. we are trying to get the most out of this roster. And the way that, you know, facilitates that is us not allowing our emotions to, to force us into overpaying for this guy. He's a great guy. Awesome teammate, you know, massive production. We cannot overpay for him. And I just don't see him sitting out the entirety of next season. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Guys, I, I'm in a, a quite the conundrum. Got a little bit of an issue on, on my hands. Mike Tannenbaum joins us in 10 minutes to talk hard knocks. So I just got invited to a, a big-time event, a big-time celebration the only problem is and maybe you can weigh on this or weigh in on this Harvey and, and Joe Leo though Harvey's like tweeting about you know the World Cup so don't want you know don't want to get in the way of that but I got invited to something and it's, and it's taking place the day the Jets play the Chiefs and it's on a Sunday how do I handle that
2: well how about you uh tell us what this thing's about
1: or what time is the event
3: what time is event? it
1: sounds like an all-day event it's, a, it's like a big-time celebration for someone I love. But it's on the day the jet, the Jets play the Chiefs. Do you really love this person? Really love.
3: Well, fig- figure out what time it starts. If it starts at, like, if it's an all-day thing, so you're, like, 10 to, like, let's say 10 to 10. How long are you willing to stay at the event?
1: maybe a couple of well, the jets play that's a sunday night game so i guess it buys me some time but i do want to watch all the other football games i don't know watch like, it on the phone could Easy. you make
3: it to four
1: that <sighs> like, could i be at this event until four let's look at the one o'clock slate that day because now you're at, I, like i feel like i'm morphing into dave rothenberg and i like i don't want to do that it's just it's just tough Especially how excited I am about this season with my football team. So the slate that day is Get out of
0: my way on football it, Sunday. It's it's, it's a it's a really
1: good one. It's a really good slate, one that I would not want to miss. Why can't I pull it up? Oh, that's that's a problem. See, now we're now we're in 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 the territory. What we what week do the in. do the Jets and Chiefs play? I've got it. I've got it. All uh, right, so I'm I'm sure. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, big game at one o'clock. That's a divisional game. Two great teams. Uh, Panthers, Vikings, no thanks. Bears, Broncos could be good. Ravens, Browns, Deshaun versus Lamar. The Steelers, Texans, no thanks. Rams, Colts, I'm good. Bucks, Saints, you can have that one. Commanders, Eagles, that's fire. Bengals, Titans. That's a great game. Raiders, Chargers. We'll see what happens with Jimmy G. Pats, Cowboys. I mean, come on now. That's awesome. Cardinals, Niners. Chiefs, Jets. That's that's a tough day to be busy. I'm sorry. Do I just say no to this event? That's a tough day to just decide to punt on because you want to go out and celebrate something.
3: Look, it's so far in advance. Could you potentially tell them to move the event to I could say maybe that a different day?
1: Or I could just say I'm sick. You know what? I'm sick.
3: Oh, no, don't be that guy. Because then, you know, they log on to Twitter and you, they see you live tweeting. You yeah, know, don't the third be that down guy. Play that happens don't and... be
1: that guy, but I have the gall to move the event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. that That's that's a tough spot to be in. <laughs> 800-919-3776. Before we get to uh, Mike Tannerball at 9:15, wanted to weigh in on the All-Star game last night. Uh, so just starting with the things I like. Nathan Avaldi Wired, uh, talking to the announcers. That's dope. I, I love that exchange. I love that interaction it, because baseball is more of like a mental game. So to listen to, pit selection, plan of attack, general thoughts, uh, that 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 was a good touch. It was great, and I thought it worked. Uh, Corbin Carroll is mic'd up. During a play where a home run was hit, as he's chasing it, so I thought that was fun. And then, of course, Garrett Cole getting the nod and starting the game was great to see. At least the Yankees, you know, had some highlights in that first half. Things I didn't like uh, watching, you know, Nathan Avaldi, who I just praised for the, the the nice interaction with the Wired stuff. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, who spent two years in the Bronx pitching to a four and a half ERA, starting the All Star game was something I did not enjoy. Could have used that version of Nathan Navaldi when he was on the team. But also, of course, not to be outdone by Sonny Gray, who also spent two years in the Bronx pitching to a four and a half ERA, you know, pitching in the all-star game. You know, does Brian Cashman get credit for those trades because considering like they obviously were were how do I say this? They at the time were the right move. Because clearly these guys are good and can't pitch. How did he know they couldn't pitch in New York? So I don't want to make excuses for him, but, you know, that could have worked. The Frankie Montas thing made no sense. But at least you can talk yourself into, I can see what you were doing, with Nathan Navaldi. I can see you what you were doing with Sonny Gray. The Yankees could have really used Sonny Gray in that 2017 season. Uh, when they just didn't have an ace. Uh, offense was what, you know, unbecame them in the playoffs, but could have used an extra arm. Uh, also, I didn't like that the American League had three starters and none of them on the Yankees. uh, Rosarina, uh Yandy Diaz uh, of the Rays, and then Austin Hayes of the Orioles. So, uh, nice representation from the American League in the All-Star game. Uh, not much on the side of the Yankees. But big picture, I just think that baseball does get these festivities better than any other sport. They do. Because it is as close to the real product as you can get as opposed to what the other sports have to offer. But it is incredibly difficult to get people to commit to an exhibition game that has no meaning in the middle of summer on an 85-degree day. And not that I'm proposing that you bring it back... But when baseball had its All Star Game determined home field advantage, you know that belt being held at the top of the ladder match to lose uh, to use a little wrestle wrestling uh, analogy. When you when you hold that at the top as like the prize, it provides incentive and it gets people to watch. Like I was invested because I knew the Yankees were going to be in the playoffs every year. And there's a shot they could get to the World Series, and then they have home field again. It's unfair to have something so significant and of that magnitude be judged in an exhibition game, where you know not too many people playing in the game are going to have any effect on you know the actual series when it's played. But that that element of it just made it feel big, and you know the the removing it just has taken away from that. Another issue with with baseball is that though they are all stars how many casual fans actually know like who these guys are because like you're highlighting the stars and yes your diehards are important in you know the celebration of the stars of the sport but you're really trying to appeal to casual fans and i just don't know that the casuals are going to be you know, fascinated by by these players, because they don't know who they are. I I I don't think they know who these guys are. So it's it's tough. Baseball's in a tough spot, a tough spot because you know part they're partly the problem, but the players also haven't shown uh, with success the ability to market themselves. So it's just, you know, it, it, it's a rough spot to be in. But, like, I, I just look up and down the lineup, and it's, you know, Mark Simeon. Uh, there's this, you know, casual fans know who that is. We know who Shohei is, but uh, Reina, casual fans, they they know who that is. Corey Seager. And I'm not picking on these guys. Matt Olson, you know, J.D. Martinez. It's just when you look at all the sports – and the stars are involved in an exhibition, used to be the Pro Bowl, but that's become a joke. The NBA All-Star Game, we know who Durant and Giannis and LeBron and stuff. Like, we know who these guys are. Everyone knows who these guys are. Baseball, it has has that problem where we don't necessarily see them enough to to know who they are. And I remember listening to Rosenberg suggest, maybe it was last year, that they have a weekend because you know, having this on a Monday and Tuesday, something feels wrong about that. It should be on a weekend, and I and I wonder if that can be a, a solution. So all in all, I thought the festivities were were, were fun. You know, watching Vlad Guerrero Jr. win a, win the Derby after his dad did it decade and a half ago was great. I, I thought that was a great moment. And then yesterday's game was actually enticing. It was decided you know, in the final innings. So it was fun. It's just, but overall, big picture, baseball has some issues that I'm not sure are are going to be rectifiable going forward. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We go to Harlem and, and chat with Lonnie. What's up, Lonnie?
0: Yeah, you know it's crazy. How, first of all, shout out to the company. Nobody even screened my call. <laughs> What's going on over there tonight?
1: <laughs> Listen, yeah, we we love I, you, bro. I, I, I
0: guess I guess when you know, when you know. If you know, you know. Joe Leo Harvey. When you know, you know, Joe Leo Harvey, what's up? I honestly was just, trying, I was just trying to call and talk to Joe Leo right quick to talk about that last little segment you had just had where it was. I mean, I'm over here dying because you are literally turning into Dave Rothenberg talking about, uh, I don't know if I should go to this. It's a Sunday night game. Todd, you've recorded everything else. Listen, I know it's hard because me, on a, I don't like to leave the house on Sunday either. It's roll out of bed, take a shower, sit in my drawers you know, and watch football. That's
1: what I'm Uh, trying to do, man. That's a big, that's a, that's a nice slate. That's a juicy
0: slate. Ah, You got to rip. You you, you messed yourself up when you told us on air that this person really meant something to you. If you didn't say that, I would have been like, yo, you know what? Listen, (laughs) I'm feeling a little sick. (laughs) But the fact that you told that you love this person, you got to make the effort, like, you you I, you already know I love Dave. That's my cousin. I love him. But you will literally be turning into him if you basically like. I, it's so funny. I used to make fun you of him. Watch
1: football. I used to make fun of him all yeah, the time. Funny.
0: You know You know what's funny? You know what's funny? You, 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 you kind of like uh, you, you, you kind of did it to yourself. I met to call. I wanted to call early, but you was like, oh, you didn't. Uh, it's funny how Dave didn't stick up for you, Ty. You literally said the other day, it's dreadful to spend eight hours with Dave. So he's supposed to stick up for you when people when people call him and bash him. Well, he, he didn't hear I me. Say he didn't stick up for you, but he basically like you know he he, he let opened
1: the door. He, he let, the listen. It happened it. on his watch. Roger Goodell, uh, uh, a couple years ago, um, when the Saints were going through bounty gate, said you know ignorance is not an excuse. So the fact that he allowed it to happen on his watch, <laughs> he could say, well, I didn't know they were going to go in that direction. It's it's happening on your watch, bro. It, it, you allowed the floodgates yeah. to open. You agreed with some of what the caller said. So, yes, he's he's partially to blame for it. I appreciate Ray that for sticking up a, for me. But, I mean, that listen. That was a hack. He was a cornball. That caller was a hack
0: anyway. So, I wouldn't, wouldn't even ball. listen to half the crap he said. What a quack.
1: It's all good, though. Appreciate
0: calling in and he said,
1: of course. Appreciate the love line. They got to get to uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Oh, he's going to join us course. next to, to talk uh, hard knocks. Just being on hard knocks. Uh, I, I was... I, I, was, I was dreading it before, but now I'm looking forward to it. we talk to Mike T next right here on 98.7 ESPN. I feel like I'm morphing into Dave Rothenberg. This is the Ty Butler Show on
0: 98.7 ESPN.
1: Taking your calls, 800-919-3776, and we're on Twitter at TyDButler. But right now, we go to the phone lines to bring in a very special guest. You know him. You love him. He is the great Mike Tannenbaum. What's up, Mike? How are you doing today?
4: Hey, Ty, good evening, my friend.
1: Long Be time good. no speak, man. What's going on? Wanted to chop it up with you about uh, the Jets being on hard knocks. Uh, your initial thoughts when you saw the news come down today.
4: Well, congrats on all your success, Ty. I'm really happy for you. You know, I know how hard you work and uh, really glad things have progressed the way they have for you. Thank um, you so much. As it, relates to the, yeah, uh, as it relates to the Jets, Ty, you know, like, when you make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, that, this is what's going to happen. You know, like, um, I think when you finalize the trade for him and bring a, a legend to the metropolitan area for one of the New York teams, like Hard Knocks is right around the corner. So I, I'm not surprised by this at all.
1: So there are some fans who have trepidation about this because they they feel like it could uh, create a distraction. And if we're a team that's under a lot of pressure, that's obviously something that you wouldn't want. It, 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 do you put any stock into that? Is that something you think that people should be concerned about?
4: You know, I certainly had a lot of concerns myself when we did it back in 2010. In fact, you know, Ty, they came to us in 2009 when we first said, hey, you know, we'd love to have you on Hard Knocks, and I said no. Um, So I had the same concerns that a lot of the fans have, but NFL Films does such a great job, and they handle it so eloquently that, um, you know, it turned out, like, we had a great season, got to the championship game. So um, because of NFL Films and how good they are, Uh, It turned out to be a great experience for us, and obviously we went on to have a terrific year.
1: So you you don't think that there should be any reason for Jet fans to be concerned? Just because, you know, Rodgers can be viewed as polarizing. He always has something to say. Any fears on on, on that front? Well, whatever
4: he's going to say, he's going to say, whether it's HBO or, you know, Sny channel, you know, <laughs> there's, you know, it, it's New York, right? So we're not in Green Bay anymore. He has a national platform in the biggest market in, in the world, playing the most popular sport in the world. So, you know, again, those decisions were made when you, you acquired him, and you know, to Aaron's credit, I think he's off to a great start. Like he's been there for most of the off season. You know, again, I'm very surprised they canceled minicamp, but, um, you know, he he's obviously been a big, a much bigger part of the Jets off season than he had been in Green Bay a year ago.
1: Talking to Mike Mike Tannenbaum here. So I want to go back to, you know, the Jets being on hard knocks. We remember the the famous Rex Ryan speech. A lot of people say it's probably the the best hard knocks uh, that we've had so far. Uh, Take us through that. What was that like? Uh, You know, what did you learn about it? What can we expect when we see it in in a couple weeks here?
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you bring up. I think Rex drove a lot of the popularity because, You know Rex is Rex. He's going to be very authentic and say what's on his mind. And obviously, he was a great coach when we were together, and you know got us to uh, -to back-to-back championship games and developed a lot of great players along the way, uh, including a guy like Darrell Revis, who will be going the whole thing here in a couple weeks. So, um, you know, he drove the eyeballs, he drove the attention, and you know, fortunately, we had the team to back it up. And um, again, there were a lot of great stories to tell. And I think again, NFL Films did a great job and. Um, I know HBO is very pleased with the product and very pleased with the ratings.
1: Mike, so you just brought up Revis, and I, I can't help but to think about uh, the comparisons between you know him and his holdout, and you know he wanted big money money from the Jets, and what we're watching right now with Quinn and Williams. So, so what are your thoughts on that? Is there a comparison, and, w- and what do you see happening with uh, the Quinn and Williams situation with the Jets?
4: Yeah, I'm glad that's not me. <laughs> yeah, you know, like look, when you're running a team, there's gonna be you got ninety players, ninety goals, ninety dreams, ninety insecurities, ninety agents, ninety agendas. You know, not everyone's gonna be paid fairly, not every coach is gonna love their title. Um, it's just part and parcel of running a team. And um I think, you know, like we did with Darrell, you wanna operate in good faith, you wanna work hard and do the best you can and you know, sometimes you can find that landing spot, you know, easier than others.
1: You think this deal will get done before for before, before training camp?
4: You know, I, I really don't know. Um, but certainly he, he's, you know, a player that's played at an exceptionally high level and deserves a raise, you know, and what that number is, you know, that's not really fair for me to say. But um look, there's a lot of players in the league that want new deals. You know, some are gonna get done. You know, you look across the river right now and the Giants are dealing with a deadline of Monday you know, with Saquon in terms of getting a long-term deal. So everyone's dealing with some situation.
1: Speaking of Saquon, would he actually – I know you don't know for sure, obviously, but do you think that that's on the table, him sitting out for an entire season in the prime of his career?
4: I yeah, I'd be surprised for a player to miss the whole season. Now, could he miss a game? Uh I don't think so, but I think the chances are much higher of, of Saquon missing a game like the opener against Dallas, as Diana Rossini of uh, ESPN reported today, um, than him missing the entire season. So now, look, if I'm the Giants, I'm not going to do anything, you know, irrational because I want him to play in one game. But boy, I feel a lot better starting the season with you know Saquon in the backfield than not.
1: Uh, absolutely. I want to get your thoughts quickly. Uh, so, you know, Rodgers, top five defense, a lot of talent, Jets going into the season with ton of expectations, haven't made the playoffs in 12 years since, you know, that that championship game you just alluded to uh, when you were there. What are your expectations for this team, for this group going into the season?
4: You know, I think the variance of, of how they do is pretty big. And what I mean by that is um, – you know, the offensive line, you know, a lot of people are comparing this to Tom Brady going down to Tampa Bay, and that very well could be the case. And certainly when Tom went down there, I think the headlines were, you know, Mike Evans this and Godwin that and Gronk this and that. But they had a great, dominant offensive line that um, there's a number of question marks that the Jets have who's playing right tackle? You know, is it working on a going to start at center? And things may work out well as they do. I think that bodes really, really well for the Jets. But the inverse is also on the table, which is, you know, the question mark at left tackle. You know, can Dwayne Brown at 38 years old get through the season? Can LaKai Becton, you know, take a big, big step in his career? Um, that's why I think that the outcome of this team the, the, the is so varied because of the question marks up front. <laughs>
1: Do you think Dalvin Cook uh, could be a legitimate option or should be a legitimate option for a team bringing back their starting running back coming off of a a torn ACL just last season?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's an important season for them. Those first four games are tough um, to have insurance there. That makes a lot of sense knowing that, you know, Brees Hall may not be the same guy, at least from day one.
1: And lastly, assuming Saquon is there for the entirety of the year, what do you see happening with the Giants?
4: I think they're the third best team in the division. I like Dallas. I think Dallas got a lot better. And obviously, you got Philadelphia, who went to a, a Super Bowl a year ago. So um, I like the Giants, uh, especially with Saquon. But I think they're still the third best team with a real shot, still making the playoffs.
1: Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, really appreciate it, Mike. Appreciate the love. Appreciate you coming on the show. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
4: All right, Ty. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. That's Mike Tannenbaum, 800 919 3776. Still got a half hour to play with on the program. We can go all over the map. You want to talk Jets, want to talk Giants, Yankees, Mets, NBA, Knicks? We can do it all right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Just quickly on the Yankees, a mess. Before we get back to your phone calls at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six, Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Uh, the question for the Yankees going forward, to me, is if they miss the playoffs, does how make significant changes, or do they once again go to the old, you know, injuries as an excuse line? Uh, because we know and it's been well documented that Cashman has never fired a coach or a manager during the season. So what does that mean that uh, Lawson was 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 given a pink slip. Uh, are they is he trying to save their own jobs? Like what's happening here? Are, are they panicking? What does it mean? What does it mean? We know the offense stunk, but putting that on the hitting coach, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say the biggest indictment of him was that he couldn't figure out what was going on with Anthony Volpe uh, when his former teammate sat there and had chicken palm with him and was able to immediately figure out what was going on. So that uh, w- wasn't the best optic. But I also wonder this. Don't tell me hitting coaches matter. Show me. So the Yankees believe they're a contender and yet they just hired a guy in Sean Casey who's never done this job, He doesn't have any major league coaching experience, so you hired a a rookie to do this job for a team that's trying to contend for a playoff spot? Strikes me as a little bit odd. At desperate times, call for desperate measures, but you're going to someone who's never done this job before? That, that, that to me, is, you know, head-scratching. Judge has missed 42 of 91 games for the Yankees, and this is a, a damning stat. He's missed 42 of the 91 games for the Yankees and somehow still leads the team in RBIs with 40, which is tied for 89th in the majors. That's, that, that is a, a level of future offense that you can't even comprehend. And on the Mets, they had the six-game... Winning streak. Looked like they were heading into the all-star break with a ton of momentum, ton of momentum. Then they dropped the final two games of the series against the Padres. And now they're right back to being seven games out of a playoff spot. My stance has not changed. They got hot, but it was always going to take for me more than one week of playing good baseball in order for me to believe that they were turning a corner. It's just that all season long they've had the same issues. Their their starters don't give them any length, which is taxed their bullpen. The offense started off inconsistent and sluggish, picked it up, but their pitchers kept blowing games uh, again because the, the bullpen was taxed. The the starters who we expected to be great just haven't provided them with much of anything uh, outside of, you know, making big dollars. And I just felt like the deficit was just too much for them to overcome. And once you stumble into the All Star break with with a two game losing streak, it's hard to you know jump one, two, three, uh, four, five teams to get to that third wild card spot. So there's seven games out. They've got a series with the Dodgers coming up. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I I think the they've had a deficit that's so insurmountable that the talent is there. It just hasn't seemed to come together. And Scherzer in a big spot with a chance to, you know, even if the Mets had just lost Saturday, you know, Scherzer comes back, wins a big game, you feel great going into the break. Once in a, once again in a big spot, he failed. So, you know, that's the reason why I, I just don't have any confidence that they're going to make a run. 800-919-3776. Bill's in Bayonne and wants to talk Jets. What's up, Bill? Hey, Bill. Oh, this is sad, Bill. Bill.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about two things, uh, my Jets. Uh, First of all, we are got to sign Q, number one. Um, Can't do anything without getting him signed. Second of all, what's your take on if we sign Q, what's the chances of us getting Dalvin Cook? What, What are you hearing? What do you think?
1: I think that it could actually open the door for them, and I appreciate the call. Ah, uh, because of the way the salary cap works, and how the money works, if they actually sign Quentin Williams to a long-term long-term contract, uh, it gives them some more financial flexibility. Now it comes down to you know, Dalvin Cook has to lower his asking price. I don't think he's getting ten million from anybody, so he got to lower his asking price. But this, to me, is the perfect match because you stop him from going to a division rival in Miami with the Dolphins, a, a very scary team as it is. Their only real question is Did the quarterback, uh, he, he proved if he can be good, which he was last year. Now he has to prove he can stay healthy. He missed, what, six games last year because uh, of concussions? Mike McDaniel Mike Medan- showed he is a phenomenal coach already, getting that team to the playoffs, had their third string starting in the playoff game, and almost beat the Bills with Skyler Thompson. So uh, if Dalvin Cook goes there, that 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 scary unit just becomes even more legitimate. So if you sign him, you you stop him from going there, and it feels what I can't I guess can't constitute as a need, just because you do have some 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 armor in your in your running back room. But Brees Hall rushing him back, I don't think is is the right play. We go to Woodbridge to talk to Chris. What's up, Chris? You're on the Dan Grazia show. Yeah.
2: Oh, man man, uh, listen, I just want to call about the Knicks because I'm kind of worried about them. Uh, the Knicks have so many assets, and uh, there's no way they're going to – I mean, there's a way they're going to keep them all, but they're already starting to lose it. Like, you've seen they lost Obi Toppin. Why did they draft Obi Toppin's brother and, and then give away uh, – Obi
1: Toppin. I don't think any. I don't. I don't think those two have anything to do with each other. Obi Toppin was a depreciating asset who they should have traded after his rookie season. Once you saw that Julius Randle became an All Star and there was going to be no no where to play him outside of the minutes, uh, you had Julius on the bench. But uh, it, you, you say they're going to keep losing players. That might be the case. Quickly's going to want big-time money, and he has to prove that he's worth it this season. But you've already paid Brunson. You've already paid RJ. You've already paid Rando, You've paid Mitchell Robinson. So, yeah, there are going to be some guys that, uh, unfortunately, you, you have to part with. But I think if it, if it happens um, due to, let's just say, Giannis or Embiid asks out, and that's why you're partying with those guys. You'll sign up for it, Chris. Mm-hmm.
2: You see, the one thing is that they have too, too many guards, right? Yeah. Uh, they have Brunson, and, and they're starting Brunson and and, um, and and RJ. You got Grimes. You got McBride. You got um. You got Dante DiVincenzo just came in, and and, and I'm pretty sure they got another guard. I'm forgetting. Them. They got quickly. Yeah, so and McBride. So how are you going to have six guards? Which is which is crazy. You're getting rid of your power forward who dropped. I don't know if you remember, but the last the last game of the year, maybe a year ago, he dropped 50 points. Obi Toppin, he's not a scrub. Not and a the s- fact that he had to sit behind Julius Randle for four years is a crime. No, every single person that's listening to me agrees. Uh, no. it's a crime what they did to Obi Toppin.
1: No, I mean Chris, stop you it. You know,
2: thanks for taking my call, brother.
1: I appreciate the call, but stop it. It's a crime that he sat behind. An All-NBA multi-time All-Star who just three years ago finished eighth in the MVP voting. It's a crime. It's a crime that he sat behind that guy averaging 24, 10, and 5. Like, it's a crime? Give me a break. I I think, not that I think, I know that. Y'all sometimes overrate Obi Toppin. You spend too much time looking at his per 36 numbers. That's a flawed stat. He's not. He was never going to blossom into this, to a star. It was the wrong pick at the time. It did not age well. And the fact that he wasn't able to get on the court was for a lot of reasons. He was a minus defensively, and that's never going to fly with this head coach. And then I ask you, what does Obi Toppin do very well? That doesn't involve dunking. In transition, he's great. So would Joe Leo be in transition. Wide open dunks, I think Joe can handle that. He doesn't have a go to move. He, he doesn't have a consistent offensive arsenal or moves in his offensive arsenal that he can go to that are reliable. He doesn't do anything that that's, he doesn't do anything very well. That would necessitate you having to play him, especially over Julius Randle. So I disagree with that. Kevin's in Bayshore. Shores on the Dan grosser Show. What's up, Kevin?
5: What's up, Ty? It's Kevin Gallo. Hope you're doing well, man. Oh! So my <laughs>
1: guy, Kevin. What's up, bro? How you
5: doing, man? I'm doing well, dude. I was driving home and I heard you on the radio. I had to call in uh, wow. specifically about my New York Mets, of course. You know? I'm sad about uh, your
1: New York Mets. That's, that's, I mean, <laughs> even you don't deserve that, Kevin.
5: I appreciate that, bud. I really do. But I was actually going to take a, a little bit of a different spin, an optimistic spin. I was going to say going into the all-star break, obviously they lost the two, but if anything, it's a nice break, you know, uh, break of momentum. Even if they had the momentum going in to the second half, I feel like that wasn't really going to do anything. So we got to just pick it back up right now. Obviously you don't want to be – uh, buyers down, you know, six games under 500. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think you can be sellers either. I don't think you know they they have to build up some goodwill with the fan base with any you know hopefully impending free agents like Otani. You know who knows what, what's going to happen with that. Um, but just it, just in general, it doesn't have to be those big names. But I, I don't think you could be you know you're kind of in a in a holding pattern unfortunately until you know I think we both know at the end of this year possibly sometime next year. I don't know how long is going to be there. Uh, but My point is you can't really give up on the season. You can't punt, but you also can't be, you know, can't can't have another Javi Baez uh, for Pete Crow Armstrong trade. You, <laughs> you don't want to do that <laughs> either. Well, David
1: Stearns so. is supposed to be a savior, right? Coming from Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, I, I believe the Brewers, when he was the GM, they had like the something like the sixth best record in all of baseball for the five years that he was there. So, I mean, maybe he comes in, he becomes your president of baseball operations, and he hires a GM, and and that's what you have to look forward to. But isn't it devastating, Kevin, that you had all of, like, just go back to last year when you had a a 10-and-a-half game lead, and, and now this is where you are? Like, think about where you were last year compared to the Braves and where they are now compared to you.
5: Hi, I'd rather not, but you're absolutely right. The fact that the Braves—I mean, they wouldn't stop talking about it at the All-Star game yesterday on the broadcast. But yeah, I mean, the 31 games over 500—they essentially bought out all the arbitration years for a lot of their uh, young guys. So it, they, they're just a the well-run organization, unfortunately. Uh, willing to admit that, obviously. But it's—it's—it's it's, it's been a struggle. But my point is, it's—it's it's not a lost season yet. Uh, have some faith. We don't—we don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, but I'm sure that not all Mets fans <laughs> think the way that. Listen, I do.
1: Kevin, it is a lost season, but I do look forward to next year opening day. You pounding those 40s, like like a, a tradition like no other. And the Mets, will, the Mets will win that game. I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go, but they will, they will win that game, Kevin.
5: I appreciate
1: you, Ty. (laughs) Appreciate you making a call, man. Appreciate you chiming in. 800-919-3776. It's been a fun show. We wrap it up next right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN. So what's going on on Twitter, Harvey
0: What's going on?
1: We got something scandalous happening? What do you mean? You, you, you said you just came across a tweet that. Well, no I've been seeing this attention.
2: this weird trend on Twitter today that everyone's thinking that Margaret Robbie is
1: mid. She's got a new movie coming out, right?
2: She's the Barbie.
1: And they are saying she's mid.
2: Yeah, what, I don't understand. What it.
1: are people smoking on?
2: Right. She's not mid.
1: they they're 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 bugging. They're out of their mind. She's elite. By the way, uh, apparently. Um, Pat McAfee was dropping some bars at the ESPYs. He was a part of the opening monologue. And I saw a few clips on Twitter uh, that showed he he was he was going at some people, had some bars. So I, I got to go back home and, and watch because he's a funny dude. I, w- I want to see what he had to say at the ESPYs. Mentioned earlier today, Mina Kimes announced she's pregnant. Beautiful photo on, on her TL. So congratulations to her. Shout out to the gang. NFL Live, that that is a phenomenal show. And I'm looking forward to them getting more Jet content on the program. Joe Leo, you asked me a question earlier. Do you remember what the question was about the Jets? What's it going to take to... What was your question?
3: So what will it take for Jet fans to stop feeling like injured and you know damaged jet fans I
1: think that if you start the season 6 and 2 now we've got something cooking now you feel like all right the ball is rolling because the AFC is so loaded you know bill I can make a case for a bunch of teams winning the Super Bowl like Bills Dolphins Jets you know Ravens Bengals no one in the South, but Chiefs Chargers. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven teams you can make a case for. Like that it wouldn't shock me. If we get to the end of the season and at the very least any of those seven teams are representing the conference wouldn't shock me. But six and two, hard not to be excited. then, I don't think that there's anything, so I say that, but I don't think there's anything the Jets can do in the regular season. That would have the fan base think they're going to win the Super Bowl.
3: Would it be beating the Chiefs?
1: Even if they beat the Chiefs. Even, so that's a week four game. That's early in the season. But
3: what if it's like a shutout? And it's like... Like a
1: convincing game? Like
3: 42 nothing.
1: That, I mean, that's not going to happen unless um, Patrick Mahomes is throwing left-handed the entire game. And even then, uh, he's so great, he might put up some points. But even if you convincingly beat the Chiefs, it's so early in the season, week four... I forgot who said this, but because no one's playing in the preseason, you treat the first 4 weeks as an extension of the preseason. It was Steve Young who said that. You you treat the f- the first 4 weeks, the first month of the season is like an extension of the preseason. So who knows? Uh, I me, me speaking, like You know, candidly as a Jet fan, as excited as I am, and we started the show talking about them being on Hard Knocks and how it was a big deal at first to me, didn't want them there, but now, I, I, you know, get over it. Don't be soft. If this team is destined to do anything great, Hard Knocks is not going to shake them. If you're that fragile, then you are never going anywhere anyway. I'm high on them. I think they can make some noise and be exciting, but... There's nothing that they can do in the regular season, at least in my eyes, that would lead me to believe they they should be the favorites over over Kansas City and over Cincinnati. And it's a gauntlet because Buffalo has, you know, owned this division uh, lately, right? Like Josh Allen, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Miami has a tremendous roster. They are loaded. And then the Patriots, who I don't think are any good, you just haven't been able to beat them. So that, that might be the best division in football. Now Lamar, new contract, has some more weapons in Baltimore. You know, Cincinnati there with Joe Barrow. Uh, they were just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, even Cleveland, who knows, with Deshaun Watson. He went 3-3 three and three last year as a starter. But who knows if, you know, he finally is going to get back to being Deshaun Watson. Then you've got, I said nobody in the South. How dare me? Yo, Trevin Lawrence, he won a playoff game last year. I, I, I'd i be shocked if they won the conference, but they won a playoff game last year. So that's another team you have to be concerned about. And then, of course, you go to the West, and you have the Chiefs and the Chargers with Mahomes and, and Herbert. And then who knows what happens in Denver with, with Peyton and, and Russell Wilson. That is a loaded conference. That That is, I mean talk about just an uphill battle the entirety of the season being the Jets, being 12 years removed from your last playoff birth, being a team that has been allergic to success, just being you know straight up miserable, failed head coaches, failed GMs, haven't been able to find a quarterback, mono, I mean seeing ghosts. You know, quarterback dating his mom's best friend. I I mean, the list goes on and on about like everything that this team has gotten wrong over my lifetime. Missed field goals in a playoff game that cost you a win on the road. The Ryan Fitzpatrick three interceptions second half against Buffalo week seventeen. On Rex Ryan's foot fetish. Let's add that to the list. Revis's holdout. Re- Revis going at Joe Klecko. I mean, just a little dust. You could go on and on and on. And now you've got eight teams that you legitimately fear in your conference when, when as a fan, this is the most optimistic you've been in a while, eight teams when only seven make the playoffs. But, boy, I'll tell you, I'm excited. Boy, I'll tell you, I'll be there every Sunday. And for the first time in a very long time, they've got a shot to win every game simply because the guy that they employ is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. What a blast we had tonight. Shout out Joe Leo. Shout out Harvey Cruz. Shout out the callers. We'll see you Saturday afternoon from 3 to 6 right here on 98.7 ESPN. feel like I'm morphing into Dave Rothenberg.